It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Now that's a sale by Bird Back to the Sports Chumps, episode 44, right here on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. My name is Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. Dean the Dream, how was your Easter, Easter weekend, buddy? Not bad, yourself? Not bad. Do you have any ham? Yeah, like I said, I dabbled a little bit, but I didn't have a meal. I just, uh, it was a long day. Long work yeah, day. Got, solid do- day. got done a little bit late, but um, it was all good. People were happy. Um, service was solid. Uh, it was it was it was it was a good weekend. I gotta say, it was a busy weekend. I have I have no complaints. I spent some quality time with my family and my significant other. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, we went out for dinner. Uh, I had some. I had a nice dish. Uh, it was it was uh, chicken, eggplant, and uh, rigatoni. Okay. We had some appetizers. Nice. Uh, we ate the bread. A little bit of oil. We were good. We Co- had a good time. A couple of cocktails. A couple of cocktails. Can never go wrong with the cocktails. Little wine, little wine, little Jesus juice. Yeah, Roberta's happy. Everybody was everybody was happy. Your end? Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, I, I, was, work, I had a call in the work, so so Lala had to hold down the fort. Right, but um, so. everything's good on the home front. All right, we are rocking episode forty-four. As our listeners know, uh, we've been going with the numbers and relating them to famous sports plays. So I'm going to start. I'm going to run down some names. Okay. And see if I can throw you off guard. Obviously, number 44, the first one that comes to mind. Don't look at my thing over here. I can't see that, actually. Right, so yeah. you've got nothing to By worry the way, about. I got my glucose goggles on today. All right, Nails, borderline glaucoma. Oh, no, glaucoma. I said yeah. glucose. Borderline glaucoma. glaucoma. He's got the glasses to prove it. <laughs> Struggling. Early, early innings here on episode 44. Go, brother. All right. Number 44, The uh, some of my uh, personal favorite number 44s. We're going to start with Reggie. Reggie Jackson. As I would say, Reginald Martinez Jackson. Yes. Hank Aaron. The best. All right. Willie McCovey. Yeah, Willie McCovey. They, they nicknamed it McCovey Cove now. When, yeah. you hit, when Bonds used to hit home runs into the water, it's McCovey Cove. Andy Pettit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I Ron thought he wore 46. Okay. Ron Guidry. Yeah, see, I, I think a lot of times when you like you see well, some of these numbers. Well, it's their careers. Yeah, yeah, like maybe at other times, but Gidry wore 49. But all right, go ahead. Right. Keep it Bernie rolling. Williams. All right, Bernie Williams wore 51. I love you to death, but go ahead. Yep. No, but th- when he went on. He didn't play for anybody else, but go ahead. Maybe when he came right. up, he, he we'll started with Google 44. That. All right, we're going to do some research on that. Right, Bernie wore 51. But Pistol go ahead. Pete. Yeah, I had Pistol Pete on my list. Pistol Pete Maravich, before his time, was the an, an innovative player. Iceman, the Iceman? One thing well, I, I, I like to finger roll. roll. George Gervin, love it. Yep. Scalabrini. Yes. Yeah. Veal Scalabrini for the Celtics. Got a seven-year deal from the from the seas. Dave Bing. Oh wow. Dave Bing came out of Syracuse, number one pick by the Detroit Pistons in '68. Okay, like Adrian it. Adrian Dantley. Wow. Now he could have wore forty-four at one point. I know he wore forty-five in those Utah days and with Detroit Pistons. But go ahead. Elvin. Hayes. One of the best. Elvin Hayes played in that legendary game versus uh, Abdul-Jabbar in, um, in UCLA. Dirty Don Nelson. Wow. Don Nelson. Wow. I know with the Celtics, he wore 15, but he did play on other teams. Yep. Uh, was it Drazen Petrovic? 
Yeah, the late Drazen Petrovic, long-range shooter for Portland and, and uh, New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets. The first high flyer uh, in the NBA, uh, when he first started out, he did not win number 44, but David Thompson, as he moved on. Yes, yes, David Thompson. I think I mentioned him from the North Carolina State team in 1975 that won the national championship. Um, yeah, David Thompson, high flyer. I think when he played Denver the Nuggets. Supersonics, he won. Well, he went Nuggets, Supersonics, yeah. yeah. Yep, okay. Paul Westfall. Yeah, the late Paul Westfall, great player, 44. Jerry West. Jerry West would probably, on my list would probably be in the top two or three all time. John Riggins. All right, Nails couldn't wait to throw the hogs out. John Riggins running the ball behind Joe Jacoby and that that vaunted uh, Washington Redskins offensive line in the 80s. Riggins came over from the Jets where he was just like, eh, okay, but uh, hit his stride with the Washington Redskins and won a Super Bowl. Jim Brown. Yeah, so I guess Jim Brown won 32 in the NFL, but the 44 was at Syracuse. Yeah, one of the best. He, he may be the best of all time, actually, Michael. Who do you got? I've pretty much on on the list. You meant you, the, the list you already kind of covered it, Michael. I had uh, I had Reggie Reginald Martinez Jackson as my one, and of course Pistol Pete. I had Riggins on there, Jerry West. Uh, I had McCovey, Gervin. You kind of covered it, man. I got to give you credit. I, I was trying to think of some some of the local teams, like you know, like the Patriots. Eh, Forty four is not really hitting me right now. Um, it's tough. That's a tough one. Uh, Red Sox, eh, nobody's really hitting home right now. So it's uh, kind of like, I think we kind of covered it. Those are the, those are the great I mean, ones. Those were the significant numbers. Oh, Jerry, West, Jerry West was 44. He ended up on the logo. So, I mean, I don't think he can get any better than that. So that'd probably be a number one basketball yeah, guy. Yeah, they try to change that logo to Jordan. All right, Nail still thinks Bernie Williams wore 44 as he's Googling right now. I he am. wore 51 with no, the Bronx right. Bombers. Why, why did that come up, though? I don't know. Why did that come up? Yeah, and, Lou, and by the way, Ron Guidry, who was Louisiana Lightning. Like I said, I don't want to say you're wrong because a lot of times no, these guys come up. Michael, no, but Nails, sometimes these guys come up their first year. They, they, they throw any number at them. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's not their number for their whole career. Do you know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. a lot of times they, they could wear one number and – and end up with another number a year later. Of course, you look at Red Sox reliever Garrett Whitlock, who just signed that um, that nice extension, four-year extension with the Red Sox. He wears number 72. He could have switched it this year. Refrigerator? I'm, sure, I'm sure he wasn't. Wow. Well, we got we to do a few more episodes to get to 72. Yeah. But No, but Whitlock wore 72 last year. He could have changed it this year now that he knew he was on the team for sure. But he stuck with 72, and I guess he's going to roll with that. He's happy with it. Solid. Look at Aaron Judge. Still wears 99. I'm sure that was given to him, Michael, his when he was in the minor leagues. You know what I'm saying? When he came up through the spring training one year and just said, all right, it works. And of course, anybody who buys the jersey nails, do you want it, you want the guy to change the, the number the next year? Now the jersey's, you know, it's useless. Well, I just saw this thing on Yahoo, and if you are an Ameri American Express holder, credit card holder, mm -hmm. say you buy, uh, I'm just going to use, uh, for instance, for instance, you buy a Michael Jordan number 23 jersey. Okay. Okay. And he decides to change his number to 33. Larry Legend. Okay. You could take your, if you're an American Express cardholder, I believe you have to use the American Express card to buy the jersey. If they change their number, you can take the jersey back to where you bought it mm -hmm. and they will give you the new jersey number for the bubble as long as you exchange the jerseys. Almost a flip flop, but you, ha you have to have bought it through American Express in the first place. Correct. Oh, I, I, I like that. I respect Solid, that. I huh? think that's fair. Yeah, that's Solid. fair. Because, I mean, anytime a guy gets, you know, I mean, how many times have I bought a jersey and the guy gets traded or he gets, you know, signs with another team as a free agent? Now that jersey is in my, it's in my closet. Never, and not to mention, I know you, you're not big on jerseys at games and stuff like that. I know that's not your thing. But when I used to go to Fenway, of course, I bought the Johnny Damon jersey one year and then I even put the patch after they won the World Series. And then two years later, he was playing for the Bronx Bombers. What are we doing over here? I mean, the jersey's null and void. Yeah, like when they won the World Series, they had the patch like um, like yeah. ironed onto the shirt. It said 04 World Series champs. Who ironed your patch on? Or did you sew it on? Well, it was 18 years ago. No, I had it done. I took it to like Elmwood Sports. They did it for right. me. I had it done. That's aggressive. All right, early innings here, episode 44. We're talking Reginald Martinez-Jackson, Michael. And I think when it's all said and done, when you, when you and I talked about it last week after the Eckersley episode, 43... The first name that comes to mind, of course, Jerry West is great, but it's Reggie Jackson. You think Mr. October, you think three home runs in the 77 World Series where he gets the nickname after hitting three home runs on three consecutive at-bats off three different pitches. And I think that's when you heard Howard Cosell go nuts when he went bridge to dead center yeah. and put it up into the monuments where nobody was sitting. And that was when Reggie had his little coming out party after all those years in Oakland. I do have to make an apology, Bernie... Williams did wear number 51. For some reason, when I was pulling up famous numbers, yeah. I don't know why his number came up. But yeah. I do think that one of his 
uh, baseball cards was number 44 is worth a ton of money. Oh, so there right. might have been some confusion okay. there. So the okay. dream, as always, is right. And I, I like I like being corrected because I don't want to look like a fool when I go out with my friends and I'm talking about number 44 and he's 51. Well, Michael, let me stop you in your tracks because last week I, I was about to correct you, but then I realized when you mentioned Schilling, you said all oh, the bloody sock, 30, 43. I'm like, no, he was 38. And then I realized Schilling bounced around. He played for a bunch of teams. Yeah. When the Red Sox traded him to Baltimore and the, you know, for Mike Boddicker in that Brady Anderson deal back in 88, when he came up with Baltimore, he wore 43. And then he got traded to Houston and pitched for the Phillies. So he wore different numbers. I always look, I look at him as number 38 because he was a Red Soccer in my eyes and with Arizona. So, you know, so I, I got to be not so quick to to dismiss and, and let the let this process play out. All right, we're 10 minutes in. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Chumps, episode number 44 on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. You can check out all of our podcasts, which are up on our website. Our website is the Sports Chumps. Dot com. Click on the Spotify link. All 43 episodes are up. Number 44 will be up toward the end of the week, probably Thursday or Friday. You can call us in after our NBA playoff segment. The Sports Chumps phone number is 401-895-9791. Once again, Sports Chumps phone number 401-895-9791. You can check out all of our social media uh, websites. You can just click on the significant website on our podcast. Just friend request us and we will accept you. You can email Micah Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments at thesportschumps at gmail.com. Starting the show off, the NBA playoffs. A wild one in Boston. Celtics win a wild one in the bean with a buzzer beater layup by JT Tatum, Jason Tatum. Uh, a pass from an assist from Marcus Smart. Um, we had this talk before we, I came on. Uh, everything fell into place for the Celtics. A little luck, a little skill. You know, is it better to be lucky or is it better to be good? You tell me. If we're up 1-0, I'd rather be lucky right now. Exactly. We'll take the 1-0. We'll take any win as a win in the playoffs. JT with 31, JB with 23. Uh, Horford had 20 and Marcus Smart had 20. Kyrie Irving put up a useless 39 points. KD had 23 points. Uh, we had this talk. I'm going to bring it up. I, I said to you, I believe, last week that I believe that the uh, Brooklyn Nets can outscore any team in the NBA if they're firing on all cylinders. Last night, they weren't firing on all cylinders. KD had 23, which is actually pretty good scoring in the NBA. But if you're KD, that's a lousy game for him. Yeah. Kyrie went 39, and the Celtics win by a buzzer beater. So that tells you that, to me, it, it tells me that, you know, in order for Brooklyn to win, they have to be firing all cylinders. The offense is there. The defense is horrible. I agree with you, Michael, and the pressure is so much on those two players, the aforementioned Kyrie and KD, to deliver because the rest of that roster is really challenged to score points. Um, you know, off the bench, they got Patty Mills. He scored three. Seth Curry's battling an injury. I think he was, he didn't even sniff double figures. So, really, you're looking at two guys. And, um, you know, you talked about a useless 39. Of course, they didn't get the W, but Kyrie was dialed 12 for 20 from the field, six three-pointers. He does score 39 points. Of course, we'll get into all the shenanigans about things that he's done in, in this game yesterday. But, of course, Kevin Durant would tell you himself, shooting nine for 24 to get those 23 points. He also had six turnovers in this game. But I think we have to give credit to the Boston defense, in particular Jason Tatum, who played Durant a lot of this game, and I believe he made his shots difficult. They threw a lot of bodies at him, a lot of double teams. You saw late in the game in that final minute when the Celtics really needed to stop, they forced a 28-footer from a fallaway 28-footer that was a prayer shot, and that's how the Celtics got that stop and were able to come down and, of course, the miraculous finish with the JT layup. Yeah, if you look at that uh, great finish, if you look at um, Kevin Durant in that whole defensive uh, mode that they were in. Uh, Kevin Durant was a little confused. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know who to go to, which way to go, what direction. So he was a disaster. Um, and then Marcus Smart, three years ago, I did say he would have just shot that shot and it, oh, there would have yeah. been no layup. We'd be cussing him today. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't. He used, his, he used his mind and his basketball intelligence and he made that extra pass to Tatum and Tatum with a nice layup. And there was... Uh, you know, the defense by Kyrie Irving during that transition was awful. He went for the quick reach. Like, stop. 
Yeah, I'm not. I, listen, Kyrie Irving is very talented. Yeah, defensively, you look like you look like Ralph Cifaretto in the episode with Vito in The Sopranos, where he just stands there and puts the hand out yeah. after Ralph. He says, "Play a little D." It's a little matador by Vito Spedafore. Yeah, you're just reaching. But I mean, can I? I just want to give a little bit of credit. Obviously, I want to give credit to the players in this situation with 15 seconds left after Hawford gets the rebound. Everybody in that possession within those 13 seconds touched the basketball, and it ended with the Jason Tatum layup. And let, let's give credit to one more guy, Michael, before I let you go here. Go ahead. Um, how about Emmy Udoka? I was just going to say that. Who does call timeout yes. and, and plays it? Because I, what have I told you before? You practice these things. Why call timeout? Give the Nets a chance to set up on defense. They struggle to stop anybody anyways. Why not just push the ball down the court and hope for something great? And I think that they were prepared for that moment, and it worked out. Udoka just proved to every NBA uh, person that was watching those games that he has confidence in his team, and he knows that they have the ability to make that last-minute shot and win a playoff game. Yeah. No, it was it was, it was a great moment. Of course, the you know as you said, the Bean Bean Town was rocking, the Garden was rocking. It, it was a great atmosphere. And you mentioned the points, Michael, for everybody in that starting five. How about the fact you mentioned four guys that scored twenty or more in this game? And don't 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 discount the fact that Average Al, who averaged about six or seven rebounds a game during the season, fifteen rebounds to go along with those twenty points. So he was very productive in this game. I would like to see more contributions from the bench. But it looks like Udoka is going to shorten the rotation. He went with an eight man rotation with obviously off the bench Grant Williams um, and Peyton Pritchard being the guys off the bench so obviously not playing a deep deep uh, lineup it could hurt them later on in the series a uh, big dagger to the confidence of the uh, Brooklyn Nets big yeah dagger. it was it, it was listen of course like you said I'd rather be lucky right now with the 115 114 win and the Celtics obviously you know they they move on they get a couple of days off before we do it again on Wednesday but I, I will tell you this Michael um if you're a Nets fan, if I want to, if I want to play devil's advocate here and look at a silver lining, even though you 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 take a tough loss in Game One after they went on that run early in the fourth quarter, looked like they were almost about to take control of the game, Michael, and they went on. I think they had a five point lead, and the Celtics came right back. But um, I, I think that um, Nash is starting to see things in his rotation where he let Andre Drummond play, and I know you mentioned last yeah. week you're not a huge Drummond fan. No. He played 17 minutes, did have eight points. He didn't do anything wrong, but he had four fouls. You never let your one of your core players get more than three fouls in any half so for him to let him get four fouls before halftime he was okay running him out of the game and going with the young kid Nicholas Claxton who's the backup center I thought he played terrific the kid out of Georgia 13 points eight rebounds and a lot of energy and I think going forward in this area you're going to see a lot more Claxton and a lot less Drummond solid 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 take we're gonna do a quick rundown of the NBA playoffs I want to throw the scores out there and Dean the dream is going to give us our take and his analysis on the games. We're going to start with the Heat 115, the Hawks 91. Yeah, Michael, I mean, this was, this was all Heat in this game. Uh, Trey Young, I think, only had eight points. He had a terrible game shooting. Yeah, awful. And don't forget, the Hawks had to do a, a little bit of work the week before just to get into, you know, with that whole playing tournament thing. I think they were a little gassed, moving around, traveling, playing those two games to get to a chance to play Miami. You're looking at a one-versus-eight matchup. I think you're going to see a lot more in this series. I, I'd be hard-pressed to see this game, this series going any more than five or six games. Uh, my favorite, the Bucks. 93, Chicago Bulls, 86, Chicago Bills, they actually played a hell of a game. They were in that game, Michael. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, in the fourth quarter, I think when Vujicic down low, and he struggled, I think he was 9 for 27 from the field, but he he, he put in a little runner in the lane. They were up one with like five minutes to go, yeah. and I know that you all picked the Bucks with Giannis and the boys, but um, they, they have too much firepower with Middleton, and now they finally have Brooke Lopez healthy. He can step out and shoot the three ball. He makes free throws 80% from the line, and when Middleton and Giannis uh, are doing their thing, the Bucks are going to be really tough to beat, but I I I, I like the fact you gave the Bulls a little credit there because they they, uh, they could have laid down in the series without Ball and a couple other guys. Yes. Uh, Phoenix Suns, 110. The Pelicans, 99. Phoenix put on a little bit of a clinic. I did call you and I said to you that... Actually, I don't know if it was you or if it was my other buddy, Chris. No, I think we did talk about I, it. You I mentioned said that it. the height of yeah. the Pelicans reminds me of, of a throwback team. Everybody that plays their position, all the players, they're, they're, they're monsters. Yeah. And if they could just get their act together, they're young. Yeah. Okay, and they look young out there. Yeah. I, I watched the game. They look very young. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chris Paul's dialed. 
Yeah. I mean, he just he he used them and abused them. I mean, he was yeah. just put but, a click I mean, on. One ten ninety nine in this game. I think that uh, the Pelicans were valiant. And don't forget, they had to win a couple of games in the play-in tournament. They beat the Clippers. I love seeing them eliminate Steve Ballmer's uh, L.A. Clippers. That was great. Paul George, see you later, go home. Kawhi didn't play a game all year. Bye-bye. So I like this team. And, and you talk about very young. Well, they picked up C.J. McCollum at the, at the trade deadline. He's a nine-year vet, so he gives them a little veteran leadership to go with those young players. And what did I tell you on the phone, Michael. What, you're talking about size and strength and all this. What if Zion actually decides to get in shape and play again? Not yeah. maybe this year, but that team's got some talent with Brandon Ingram. There's some plays in. I thought Larry Nance Jr. played well in that game, rebounding the ball. He they, fell. He fell off Larry Nance. Yeah, Jr. he went. He went L.A. to the Cleveland to Portland, but I think you know maybe he found a home here. He's he's an energy guy. To get 15 rebounds the other night. So I, listen, a lot can still happen. I think Phoenix is just dialed. They play defense. Jay Crowder and as you said, CP3 is in this for another run. I think they're the the, the most well rounded team in the NBA. If Phoenix does not make it to the finals and they do not win this year, it, it's over for Chris Paul. And That's I told you last year I thought that was his window and he got, you know, of course they were up 2-0 in that series. They lose four. So I, I thought maybe that was it but he's he's been great again this year, Michael. And I think he scored like maybe 15 in the fourth quarter. And you're talking about a guy who's 36. He's got some closing time and that's a testament to Monty Williams the, the great coach of the Phoenix Suns who knows how to budget his minutes. Cameron Payne is the backup point guard, giving him a break so they, they have him for those fourth quarter runs. I love Phoenix right now. The thing I notice about Chris Paul is he's playing with less attitude and more, I'm going to get the job done and I'm going to talk about it after it's done. Less I'm not going to talk about court. it before yeah. it's done. Good point. Good point. I noticed that. Maybe he's on that mission to say, you know what, what can I do differently? We were that close last year. What can I do? Maybe I'll stop talking trash, a la Patrick Beverly with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But sometimes, you know, it works only so much, but sometimes, you know, if you're edgy, it can affect the other team. Anything else you want to add to the uh, NBA? Yeah, so obviously um, Utah beats Dallas in game one. Of course, no Luka, and it looks like he's out for game two. I just I just don't see much of a shot there, Michael. And I will say on the, in the Eastern Conference, um, Philly came out of the gates nice against Toronto. Toronto's banged up. Scotty Bonds got hurt. Looks like he could be out for game two. Um, and, and we talked about James Harden, who's been struggling. He played great in this game. I think he had 22 points and about 15 assists, and Embiid had a great double-double. So the kid Tyrese Maxey, he's been doing it all for them and uh i don't know i'm wavering on philly i like them one day and then the next day i don't so i need to see more but uh this is usually where Harden wilt is and uh and goes away on us but he did play well in game one what do you have in the warriors nuggets i mean looks like i, I know steph is back right yeah, Steph is back, and they played a weird lineup. The other day. Look like, and I saw the box score. Actually, Steph came off the bench in this game with 16 because he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. So they're working him back in. Jordan Poole put up 30 the other night. He's Solid. he's a superstar off the bench, but now he's in a starting role. He's been swinging. Klay Thompson had a nice game. They played a lineup with Wiggins, Green, Curry, Poole, and and Kavon Looney. That's a tough five. I'll tell you one thing. They got they they got and they got the kid Kaminga coming off the bench. I really like Golden State in that series, and I I, I got to think that the Joker could be one and done. Even though he's one of the three candidates for uh for the finalist for the MVP is, again. Is is Clay back to his normal? I, I don't think he'll. I don't know if he'll ever get back. Sometimes it's just like a guy that gets Tommy John surgery in baseball. It takes a full year just to get back. Here's a guy who missed two seasons and almost 900 days without playing a basketball game. I don't know if he'll ever be that guy again but I still think he can be that 20-point-per-game scorer. He may have had lost a little bit of his lateral movement, a little bit of his quickness. Doing a little Bernard King after the injury? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Bernard down on the baseline when he went to the when he went to the bullets for a while. He was still putting up 25, but he really wasn't the same guy that he was. He now, became ima- a, imagine imagine yeah. seeing a basketball, an NBA player putting up 25 and he's not a- even And he play. lost a step. <laughs> yeah, Bernard, you, I'm glad you brought Bernard up. He was with Ernie and Bernie. They were at Tennessee together. Bernard used to put up 50 in certain yeah. games. So, I think mean, it was nothing. Like, it was nothing, and he yeah, did that it. Baseline and he did it all down on the baseline. But no, I think Clay can still have big games. Do I think Clay can still be an integral part of a, of a team that can win an NBA championship? I absolutely absolutely do. And I think the window could be closing because Steph's getting into his mid thirties now, so that they need to get it done do you, pretty soon. Do you see any trading coming up after this year as far as them dispersing plays? Clay, Steph's not going nowhere. No. Um, what's his name? Might go. Uh, Draymond? Yeah. I think the kid, actually the kid that I think that could be on the block is the kid that's not even playing right now is the kid James Wiseman. He was the number two pick in the draft last year. I think he's lazy. He's 7-1 kid who came out of Memphis, played three games for Penny Hardaway and mailed it in to get ready for the draft. He hasn't played a game all year. He's got knee injury, but I think he's a dog. I think he could be a guy they could put in a package if they can prove that he's healthy and get good reports on the knee. I think they may be able to move him in a package to get maybe another veteran player. Are you familiar with Clay's um, contract? 
I'm not. Yeah, he's he's locked in. He's he's paid till to the end of time. I mean, I'm not saying ten years, but he's got he's got four or five years left. So, so they, there's no buyout. No, no, no. Well, I mean, there's always buyouts these days, but I I could see him, Steph. Those guys are warriors for life. Okay. I, I I don't see them going anywhere. Anything else we want to add to the NBA? No, I just think stick with it. I think it's a, and of course people are talking about this Celtics Net series as if it's the NBA Finals. And, and yesterday, I got to be honest with you, it had the look and the feel of it. It was really really First exciting. Game. That's one game. We got six more to go. And like I said, look out for. Nash and changing a little bit of his combinations with the lineup, you're going to see a lot more of uh, of Nicholas Claxton and a lot less of Andre Drummond. And one more point, Michael. Okay. He's still got two former NBA All-Stars sitting on the bench getting splinters right now in Blake Griffin and yep. LaMarcus Aldridge. I think Griffin's toast. I think Aldridge still could be a factor late in the series depending on the matchups. Don't call, don't call him Blake out because a lot of times... Uh, there's a spark that comes in him, and he comes off the bench, and he does a little microwave action. So I, I don't count him out. I, I, I know what you're saying about yeah. him. He, I just don't think he has the lift anymore. I think he, uh, I don't want to call him a dog. I just think his window closed. I think a lot of a lot of his problems up in his mind. Yeah, he's doing a, he, he mind problem. Well, Lamarcus Aldridge was with them last year. They picked him up when he got bought out by San Antonio, and then he had that hot that hot ailment. He decided to retire, but now he got a clean bill of health. I thought he was an integral part of their bench, but he he didn't. He got a coach's decision, DNP, yesterday. So we'll see what happens going forward. We get back to work on Wednesday, back at the Garden, Game 2. We'll see what happens. That's a wrap at the NBA playoffs. You're listening to the Sports Chumps, Episode 44, right here in 88.1 FM, WELH, Providence. You can check out all of our podcasts up on our website. Just click the Spotify link. All 43 podcasts are up on Spotify, and they are on iHeartMedia. Just go to iHeartMedia and search The Sports Jumps. You can email Micah Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments. You can try and stump the dream. We haven't had that in a while. The email is thesportschumps at gmail.com. You can check out all of our social media icons. Just click on an icon, friend request us, and we will accept you. You can call the Sports Chumps phone number. Phone number is 401-895-9791. Moving on. Coach Ed Cooley enters the transfer, the transfer portal. That's a new thing going on with the uh, NCAA college uh, basketball teams. With six of the Providence College top players graduating this year, I believe that the, the uh, Friars could get some significant look from the portal. I mean, Coach Cooley has proved himself to be one of the top coaches in college basketball. Where do you see this all going with Cooley? Well, Michael, first of all, obviously he's benefited from this transfer thing, and of course some schools do, some schools don't. But you have to jump on board and at least entertain the idea of it. And I think the fact that the PC made it to the Sweet 16 after a 27-6 and season where they never lost back-to-back games Winners of the Big East regular season championship for the first time in Big East history. I think it's sort of like now people are seeing them on TV. Now people are hearing about Ed Cooley, Naismith Coach of the Year. I want to go play for Ed Cooley. And I'm going to tell you something else here, Michael. In this last week, which was a great week for the for the, for the uh, university, we uh, three new faces come in and a possible fourth guy. So obviously Ed's reloading this roster. He's only got you know obviously Jared Bynum's going to be back at the point guard position. So mm-hmm. we're happy to, to report that. And it looks like Ed Croswell has another year. We a lot of people weren't sure if he was a junior or senior. He had another year of eligibility. It looks like Croswell comes back. And we've got a couple of guys redshirted this year. A couple of young freshmen. But uh, Cooley hits the portal again, hardcore, and he brings in Noah Locke, a senior guard from. Uh, I didn't even know to be honest with you, he was on Louisville last year because I remember him at Florida two years ago. PC's been recruiting this kid since 2016. Okay, he ended up going to Florida. He's a forty percent shooter from beyond the arc. He's a four-year veteran. He's played over one hundred and thirty games in his in his college career. Because of the COVID year, he gets the extra year. So obviously, Noah Locke comes in. It looked like this kid was supposed to be a friar from day one, and now they're going to get him for a year. So they bring Noah Locke in to help out in the backcourt, and then they get a kid, um, another guard, Devin Carter, a six-four guard, swingman from South Carolina. He's a sophomore and has three years left. He made the all-freshman team. He averaged nine points a game last year. When I mentioned South Carolina, Michael, I'm starting to see a pattern here and a trend. Isn't it funny how Justin Minaya, who came in last year from South Carolina, now you've got this kid coming in from South Carolina. I don't know if the kids were friends, because like this kid was a freshman last year, Minaya was already gone, but it has to be a pipeline there. Something worked. Something clicked there. Because yes, on Sunday, he got a commitment from Clifton Moore Jr., a 6'10 center from the University of LaSalle. Well, who came from LaSalle three years ago? 
Ed Croswell. There's starting to be some type of a pattern here. Why are they dipping into these same teams? There's got to be something going on there. That's a good thing. Now, I, I obviously understand, Michael. Let's let's not get too excited. You never know how the how the combinations are going to work. You bring these kids in, you don't know if they're going to click or not. But it's what everyone's doing right now, and that's where the coaching comes in to make these kids mesh and gel. And I will mention one more name. This one's not official yet, but there's a rumor that PC's looking to get a commitment. And it's, the rumor has already happened, but 6'6 swingman Bryce Hopkins was a top 40 recruit from Kentucky, played for John Calipari, got lost in the shuffle there. They were deep. Of course, it's tough to crack his rotations. So it looks like he's a 6'6 swingman. So it looks like he's going to come on board. That one's not official yet, but the three guys that are coming in are Locke, Carter, and more. So, hey, listen, if they can retool this roster and get it going again, and it looks like he's got a little bit of size up front with, with Moore and Hopkins to go with Locke and Carter in the backcourt. PC could be in that top 25 again. Wasn't there a talk of a 6'11 big man from Spain, uh, Christ Essendonco? Yeah, well, there was there was one guy that I heard. There was a seven one guy that PC was looking at, and they thought they had the commitment, and he backed out. But like I said, with this roster the way it is right now, they they they've got plenty of you know, they got some scholarships available, but also you know they got some guys here they may have to cut, not cut bait with. But you might see like a Bryson Goodine now. He sees a couple of gods get added to the roster. He could end up at a Bryant and probably back out because he wasn't getting a lot of minutes to begin with. So I love what Ed Cooley's doing. As far as the guys that are still there, Michael, the kid uh, Legion Gita, he's the kid from he was finalist for Miss. Uh, uh, Mr. Basketball in Michigan a couple of years ago. He redshirted last year, and so did the kid Rafael Castro from New Jersey. He's a 6'10 center. He's a little bit of a project. So the roster's starting to, starting to, starting to clean up right now, and I, I kind of like where the direction of this team's going. Well, I mean, he, he not to be um, some strange or weird, but, but Ed Cooley put Providence College back on the map. Yeah, absolutely. And his and his eleventh season was a dream season. And I think he's a, he's showing you right now, Michael, that he's not resting on his laurels. He's looking to, to reload another roster. And I think he's hungry. Once you get that taste of the Sweet Sixteen or the NCAA tournament, you don't want to play in the NIT next year. You want to at least get back to the tournament. And I'll be honest with you, my expectations are not going to be as high as they were this year as the season was going along. But the way this roster is shaping up, I wouldn't be surprised if he has them back in the dance next year, regardless of what happens when they get in. Solid. That's the analysis from Dean the Dream on Coach. Ed Cooley in the Providence College Friars. Moving on, Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little Red Sox. Dean the Dream and his uh, beloved team, the Boston Red Sox. Sunday, the Sox beat the Twins 8-1. Waka pitched five shutout innings in his Red Sox home debut. Um, story, I believe he batted in two, two runs in his debut. And it uh, looks like the Sox lost today, and they're, what, 5-5 five and five right now? Yeah, a little mediocre here at 5-5 uh, five and five through the first 10. And then you, you mentioned the aforementioned Trevor Story, who I like. I like the signing. Made a couple of good plays at second base. I know he's new. It takes a little time to get comfortable. But he's a guy who, you know, first series in New York, he didn't play well. Then he got food poisoning. He couldn't fly to Detroit. He fly, comes into Detroit, plays the last game of that series. And then he plays the first three games of the Minnesota series. And then today he gets a day off by Cora. I mean, like, what are we doing over here? You're 10 games in, you're giving days off already. Like, I mean, come on. Play your guys. I mean, they... they What's his contract? How many? Six years, $140 million. So he's the guy. Because right now... the, days the off. right now Yeah. Right now, the, the rumors are that, you know, Bogots is, is already got a foot out the door. He's gone. And Devis wants, like, $300, $400 million. So they may end up losing both of those guys at some point. It's, it's disheartening to talk like this, but that's that's the reality of you it. You see Devis getting three, four hundred million. No, because he's not well rounded. He's young, he's twenty five, but he doesn't he's not great defensively. I'm not I'm not giving him that kind of money. There was a rumor that said that the Yankees were gonna go after him, but obviously he'd have to be a trade chip now that he's not a free agent yet, so they don't lose him now. But you don't want to lose him a year or two from from now and get nothing for him. So it's a whole tricky thing. But Red Sox off to a mediocre star. I you mentioned Michael Walker, kinda like what he's done. He's had a, a few years where he struggled since his rookie year with the Cardinals back in 2013 when he pitched against the Red Sox. So he's been around a while. Um, as you said, five scoreless innings. I kind of like what he did on on, uh, on Sunday, unfortunately, on Marathon Monday. Rich Hill on the mound, playing with a heavy heart. His dad passed away over the weekend at the age of 94. And I guess he ran in the Boston Marathon 37 times over the course of his life. So um, RIP to Rich Hill's dad. Of course, you know, his hearts go out to the family. But Rich went on and tried to pitch through it this, uh, on Marathon. Marathon Monday and got, got rocked for a couple of home runs. So the Red Sox dropped to 5-5. Five and five. And right now, the uh, other than Devers, the only guy that really looks like he's, he's locked in early is, is Alex Verdugo. He's looking for a breakout season. 
I'm predicting it here. He's hitting about 315 with three homers and eight RBIs. He's been the only guy that's been consistent since day one. And if he can ever learn and work hard to try to hit left-handed pitching, he could be an all-star type player. A lot of the people that don't like the Red Sox, I've been seeing on social media, they already got the Red Sox buried. It's only, we're only 10 games in. Well, they already hard. got them like that, not even on the map. That's hardcore. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I get it. You don't like the Red Sox and the Yuri Yankee guy, and yeah. I get all of it, but right. like 10 games in, guys. Right. Well, now you don't forget, Michael, you also have Toronto in that division in Tampa, so you got four teams. I mean, you know, now they extended the playoffs. You're going to have four teams from the division make the playoffs? Not impossible, but I could see these teams, you know, no one's going to win 100 games because as good as some of these teams are, they're going to beat each other up. Toronto and New York just played a four-gamer in New York last week. Yankees and Toronto split four games. Vladimir hit three bombs in one game. I'm sorry. Bridge. I, I like think moon it's, shots. The only thing I think that's amazing with, this, with, with the whole way that the pitching is going in Major League Baseball is a guy pitches five shutout innings and he's a hero. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you just said that. Today they were saying on the on the broadcast, um, Eck and O'Brien, that the average start so far this year, and Eck tried to chalk it up to it's early in the season, but this is where the trend is going. Four and a third. You said five innings. You're pretty close. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you're throwing the guy a ticker tape parade after he throws four. Yeah, you guys are putting... He's getting champagne showers. Chris Sale was throwing a side session yesterday. What are we doing over here? He's playing soft toss. He's got a torn cartilage in his rib cage. What are you doing over here? Middle innings on the chumps. Dream and Nails, episode 44... ELH, 88.1 Providence, the best podcast going. As Neil said a couple episodes, the best podcast in America. We're moving on. Hammer and Hank Aaron. Yeah, that's, you know. Mr. October. There's nobody nobody better. I mean, Johnny Riggins. Wow. <laughs> Big on Riggins, huh? Love Riggins. Riggins was solid. The Mohawk with the curly hair. I saw footage of him back when before Animal, our time when, no we, when we were kids. He played for the Jets and they were just so bad. So it was like he was just another guy. Yeah. And he got resurrected when he went to the yeah. Washington. But of Skins. course, when you're running behind those hogs, they used to call those guys the yeah. hogs, not Animals. to throw digs. Those guys could block. And he yeah. was he found Riggins the, was fearless though. He found the holes. Yeah, getting the handoff from Joe Theismann. Yeah, fearless, fearless John Riggins. He had the mohawk with the curly hair. Yeah, 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 no teeth, smiling. Looked like a hockey player would playing football. That's right, hardcore. Getting carried away. Hardcore. Carried away. Good stuff, though. Yeah. Michael, I just want to give you, before we get off MLB, one player to watch this year around the league. He's a rookie, and I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Otani, but I think one What's of the. Going? Ne- All right, go ahead. Yeah, go I on. think one of the next great plays, and I'm not going to say it's going to be this year. You're going to see a little taste of it. He's a, um, I don't know if he's the starting shortstop right now, but he's playing for the uh, Kansas City Royals. He made the team, went north with the team from day one, is Bobby Witt Jr. He's, uh, he was drafted only two years ago. He's already in the major leagues. He's a shortstop waiting to happen. I know he's playing a little third for the Royals right now, but he may be more of a Swiss Army knife this year where he plays a few different positions for them, but he's the next shortstop. He's the utility guy? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll never forget it. I know that he they drafted him two years ago out of a, out of a school a high school in Texas. And I know that, that because his dad, Bobby Witt Sr., was a pitcher for the Texas Rangers back in the 80s. He used to go hardcore against Roger Clemens. And actually, Bobby Witt, his dad, was from Canton, Mass., sort of a local guy. Solid. So obviously, they must have moved to Texas and probably had him when he was playing for the Rangers and all that, and that's a whole thing. But yeah, Bobby Witt uh, Jr., it's going to be the next, I think he's going to be the next guy in Major League Baseball, the next superstar in a couple of years. Like, I think he's a couple of years What's away. going on with Otani? Is he a DH? Is he a pitcher? Is he both. Both. He's still doing both, yeah. and I think he's already got three bombs. They're not going to learn their lesson. No, they're going to keep running him out there to pitch. And, um, oh, by the way, Mike Trout already got hit off the hand yesterday. Thank God the x-rays were negative, but he's already out for a couple of days. So here we go with the injuries again with Mike Trout. They're trying to get Anthony Rendon back healthy for that team. And um, they just seem to always get in their own their own way. they just too many injuries, and they just don't have the pitching. And, by the way, Otani's on the front of um, MLB The Show 22, which we'll be playing eventually. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Any other analysis with the MLB? Yeah, just so it's like it's early in the season. You mentioned the Dodgers the last couple of weeks. Yes. Freddie Freeman had four hits yesterday, so he's starting to get hot for the Dodgers. And Matt Olson, the pickup that uh, went from Oakland to the Braves, and then they subsequently signed him to a eight-year, $160 million extension. Olson's got a 1240 on base percentage, the OPS, the first uh, two weeks of the season. He's been lighting it up. So that move really worked where Freddie Freeman was let go to free agency at the age of 32, and they went for the, the trade route and then re-sign the player who's a little bit younger and maybe a little bit better defensively. So the Braves have no interruption in service. They seem to know what to do in the front office, as you saw last year with some of those moves they made down the stretch after losing Ronald Acuna Jr., and he's on a rehab assignment right now. But the Braves went on to win the World Series. So I think uh, 
Anthopoulos knows what he's doing. You see a repeat coming up? I, I think that they're definitely going to be in the hunt. They're going to be really tough, even though they don't have that number one pitcher. Charlie Morton's getting a little long in the tooth. Max Fried's a nice number two or three. But again, does it matter? These guys pitch three, four innings, and it's it's all bullpens. If you can use your bullpen and navigate through a nine-inning game and, and, and be able to rotate the guys without burning them out, I think that uh, anything's possible. No bullpen, no hardware. No, and I, you know, still I still see some holes in the Red Sox bullpen with Bonds the other day. They're down two late in the game. He gives up four, and then it just there's still some holes in that bullpen that uh, that Hein Bloom did not address. I do like the Jake Diekman signing. The lefty's done a nice job for them, and the kid uh, Matt Strom who's got here down to like the ground. I don't get that one, but cut your hair now, seriously. What are we doing over here? You judging him? Well, as long as he gets outs, I don't really care, but I, I, it's not a good look. If you play for the Yankees, you can't have facial hair, you can't have long hair, you clean it up. Look like a ball player. That's a wrap with the MLB. A quick question for Dean the Dream. Uh, when are we starting with the Salty Dogs? I'll be honest with you, it's always hard for me to get out of the gates, Michael. Like, last year I was excited because I lost that year with COVID. So, like, this year I'm kind of more like, uh, I've missed two weeks of basketball for, for a couple of personal things, and I had to work yesterday, so I had other things going on. I always miss the hoops more. But, um, yeah, I think we're like a month away from our first game, and I haven't really touched the ball yet. So I'm really not, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it yet. So I'll keep you posted on that. All right, well, maybe we'll have to go in the backyard and play some catch, show you what I got. Okay, Mikey Neal's looking to be my personal catcher to get me ready for the season. I don't know if he's going to crouch or if it's going to be a stand-up situation or he's going to long toss it. Not sure yet, but i got a mitt somewhere. I may be able to clean it out of the like the basement or the boiler room, but Nails is offering. Mikey Nails played back in the day. Yeah, what position? Leave it at that. I was a pitcher and catcher. I know you don't hear That's unheard <laughs> of, but I was. That don't. No comment. It's, I, could see what you're, it, I could see where it's going, but... I was a utility guy, pitcher, catcher, first base. I did a couple of things. Yeah, now see, I was limited, Michael, because I'm left-handed. You're so so I limited. Right, well, we know that. But I was limited to my positions because lefties can't play, you know, short third or second, even though back in the day you see kids at Little League at yeah, left-handed shortstop. My dad actually uh, let me play a little shortstop in senior league when we were short-handed because I had a good arm. But it just doesn't look right for whatever reason. Adding it's a double day, they put, yeah, it just doesn't look right. That's why there's a reason why you don't have it. you got to turn your body and contort it to play. But I guess it, at, at the smaller levels, who cares? Yeah. But um, I always love the fact that, you know, guys, you know, when it was 90, degrees and you had a baseball practice when you were 12 they'd say oh you need someone to catch and i'm like well, i'm left-handed so it was like i never had to go strap the equipment on so yeah. i remember doing it once and i know that like when the when the kid would swing and i would i would lose my i blink and then i would not be able to catch the ball it just was a struggle for me i just couldn't do it yeah. it just wasn't comfortable for the me. ice the ice well, no, the eyes were good then. The eyes went at 40. Well, what was the blinking all about? Anxiety just seemed like when, when the guy would swing, I would lose my, my perception. I would just lose something. Like, I'd flinch. All right, all right. It just That's, didn't go well. Major League Baseball talk is over. All right, we're, we're moving about on. Flinching and, yeah, and, no, we're moving on. Moving and he on. can't catch and he can't see the ball and all that. I got the glaucoma over here. I'm right behind you, brother. Right. Moving on. Uh, we are going to go with the Chump of the Week. Chump of the Week is Kyrie Irving. Again. Again. This is the third time. Probably the third, third time. time. Yeah. All right. He did some a couple of obscene gestures. We're not going to get into what they are. Um, uh, they, were, they were yelling at him. The fans were yelling at him. And he did some crazy things that were caught on camera. Uh, the, uh, the NBA will probably look into it. He probably will get fined. Uh, at some point, Kyrie Irving needs to grow up. I don't know when. He's an unbelievable player. That's as far as it goes with him. His mind, his maturity is not there. Yeah. The guy can dribble. The guy can shoot. He knows basketball inside and out. But what he did on the court is unacceptable. Um, I know what people are going to say. Well, the fans were aggravating him. The fans are doing this. The fans are doing that. It doesn't matter. It, it is what it is. And he went too far. He's doing the, what is he, he was doing a couple. Yeah, of I don't know what that was. With the pretend that he was fake crying, but then he, I, he, you know, I hate to say it, but he extended. They, they kind of try to bleep it, you know, visually. They try to cover it, but uh, and the Trumps are not hating on Kyrie Irving. I think he's a phenomenal basketball player, but I think as a human being, he's got some problems. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I just think that, you know, it's it's that whole, like, catch the second guy. I mean, we know that the fans probably baited him. There's no doubt if he did that. I don't think he came out and said, let me just start doing obscene gestures. I think that, obviously, the fans were doing it. We're not in the arena. We're on TV watching it, at, you know, at home. But I just think that, like, you have to be cooler than that. Um, and you know what's going to happen, too, Nails. It's going to happen where, like, you know, some somebody's really going to take it over the top in the crowd, and then he's going to use that in the media 
and a press conference, and then he's going to play the victim, and he's going to turn everything around. He's done it before. I've seen him do this. I think there's something drastically wrong with him, and he even kind of battled during the press conference. He didn't back off his comments. He had a little bit of an argument with one of the guys from uh, from the Boston media. I don't know if it was uh, Gary Washburn or one of those guys, but it was. Uh, he kind of went back and forth, and he wanted to kind of fight with him. He's the, totally irrational. There's something wrong with him. The thing that they should have probably looked into his mental health problem at first was when he went to the leprechaun and he started stomping it. I mean, okay. Yeah. You have a problem. That leprechaun's not even real. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, you know, some of the local people around here get upset because they start saying, well, what do the players think about it? They got, he did it, and then you got Jason Tatum hugging him. So, like, they're almost, like, feeding into it. Like, we still love you, Kyrie. Do whatever you want. You're stomping on us when you do that. And I'm not saying, like, it's just uncalled for. Like, if you're a professional... Listen, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali... Um, the other kid that wouldn't stand up, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, Joe Frazier. George Foreman. Um, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on with the list of the people that made it possible for Kyrie Irving to be where he is today, making the kind of money he's making. Those people were in hell. And they didn't do any of these antics on the court. And off the court, they did a politically correct thing. They went about it correctly. They were professional about it. Yeah. You mentioned Hank Aaron earlier. Those guys Cameron got tortured segre- during segregation. Bill, Bill Russell won 11 out of 13 championships, and they, they, de- they did something awful in his house. Someone broke in. I can't even say it. On, on I don't even want to say it. It's just awful and, and what some of these guys day, went through. You think Kyrie appreciates stays, it? He, he stays the proper way of talking about it. He doesn't go overboard. Yeah. Where you have the, the, the younger generation, it's almost like they want to be seen. And, and, and um, I get it. You want to stand up for your rights and all that. And we're for all that. But you have to go about it differently. I don't want to say I want to be, I wish I was in Kyrie's head because I don't want to be in his head. He's something wrong. I just, it, it does bother me. I'm saying to myself, what what does he want? He's, he was, when he was in Boston, he was miserable then. He's just miserable. He reminds me of someone, I can't say, again, I can't say it, but like, he's just, I don't think he'd ever be happy. He just strikes me as someone no matter what, he's never going to be happy. I just, I don't, I just don't know. He thinks he's more than a basketball player. You're not. I don't care about Uncle Drew. It's over. You can dribble. If you couldn't dribble, we wouldn't care about you. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just got a question, and maybe you can answer this. Uh, if Kyrie Irving was just a regular um, human being and he didn't have the skills that he has, what, what's he making? What's he making? What's his contract? He makes, he, he's got a four-year deal for like 140, right. so he's making 35. What's Kyrie Irving doing if he doesn't have those skills? Is he still going to be doing all this crazy stuff? He's, he, uh, no. And he's not making Uncle Drew because he doesn't have the money to do. I'm just saying he's he's not, he's not a he's, no he's not a prominent name. He, the basketball made him, and he's a terrific basketball player. There's no doubt about just it. Just be good at just you're good at it. Just play it. Yeah, like look at yesterday. You dropped 39, 12 for 20 from the floor, six from deep. Just do your job. Yeah. He was dribbling by guys. He was toying with us. Just like do your job. Making us look stupid. Just do your job. You yeah. don't need all the other stuff. Then yeah. all the other ant- and and the antics and the layup by Jason Tatum that you could have 49 points. Doesn't matter. No, you lost. Of course, you know what that is a little bit of, and I know this is probably going to come back to haunt me. It's a little bit of karma. Yeah, stomping on the the leprechaun. Yeah, doing your little antics behind your head, the sage, not playing because of COVID. Now you're playing. And of course, this, this looks like this could be a legendary series. It's you know hmm. after one fifteen, one fourteen, the Celtics win game one. This game's gonna. This series could go seven. You want to be talking? We want to be talking about basketball next week on the next podcast. We don't want to be talking about what Kyrie or laying sage or whatever he did or something gesture he did to a fan. I don't want to. We don't want to be talking about this. No. But we're gonna move on. Kyrie Irving once again, at least for the second time, possibly the third time, as Neil said, chump of the week here on the Sports Jumps. Uh, coming up next is one of our favorite um, uh, segments, This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Dean the Dream. All right, Michael, on April 21st, because I'm going with the actual date, which is uh, pushing it ahead, mm-hmm. um, the 1998 NFL Draft, okay. University of Tennessee quarterback Peyton Manning yes. was drafted number one overall by the Indianapolis Colts. Solid. Okay? He went on, of course, we know the history, the battles with Brady, the mm-hmm. whole nine. Mm-hmm. He went on to uh, win two uh, two Super Bowl rings, one with the Colts, and of course he managed that one with the Denver Broncos late in his career. But the bulk of his success was with the Indianapolis Colts, who, uh, of course, he threw for in his career just short of 72,000 yards, 71,940 yards, passing yards, 539 touchdowns, a perennial all-pro. We know his brother, Eli, 
guy, not as prominent, but of course he's got the hardware also, two Super Bowl rings, both against the New England Patriots, but uh, um, I actually said the April 21st, I'm going with the actual date, it was April 18th, because that's the date we're doing the show today, usually I do push it ahead to the uh, to ELH time on Thursday, but not to confuse anybody, okay. it was April 18th, 1998, Peyton Manning was drafted by number one overall. And of course, Solid. we all know the neck injury, they moved on from him, and that worked out great for a while. He got Andrew Luck with the number one pick after bottoming out. They went one and 15. They ended up with Luck. And of course, Luck kind of like uh, the Luck ran out, and he Luck retired early in his career. You decided got, not to come back. You got Peyton Meaning as his second best quarterback ever? Oh, no, no, definitely not. Oh, we'd have to do a show on that when he's not in my top. No, he's not even in my top three. No, I go Brady. I great now. Obviously, it's Brady and then Montana. There's my two, and then I have to get back to you. I, okay. I can't. I can't do that now. Right. Definitely not in the top two. Right. Top ten? Yeah, all day. Okay. Um, I just felt like Michael. I, I felt like a lot of a lot of years with those. You got Montana teams, as number two, and not Bradshaw. I I think Bradshaw was Bradshaw's. Uh, even though he's got four. You going by hardware. Even yeah, well, he had four rings. I'm just the reason why Bradshaw. I, I wouldn't put him even in the top five is because I thought the teams he played on were so great. I think he was like a Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls. Troy's not in my top ten. Okay. I just think some of these guys just had so much talent around them. Give me the guys that I know like really, really could you know really made it happen. Joe Joe had talent, but Joe was amazing. You got Deisman in there? No. All right. All right. Moving oh, on. Wow. Moving on. That's a whole nother topic. We're going to talk about it at some point. Local flavor. We got any local flavor? Yeah, Michael. So um, one of our uh, loyal listeners, Mikey Mo, as you I always say, Mikey Mo. You say who? Mike Moretti, one of our loyal listeners, right. um, and our Facebook uh, viewers. Okay, um, his son Matt Moretti, who's a senior forward on the Hendrick and Hawk hockey team, ice hockey team, varsity this year. They won the state championship. He was just named second team all state. So that's a great, great honor, and he very easily could have been first-team All-State. He had nine goals and 16 assists for the uh, state champion Hendrick and Hawks this year. So a shout-out to uh, Mikey Moe's senior son, Matt Moretti. Solid. Yeah, great, great stuff. Great stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully this thing, there's some uh, hockey in the future for him at the college level. Speaking of hockey, where do you got the Bruins? Well, right now the Bruins, um, they've been struggling. They had a season high three game losing streak, which hey, it's not bad if you if you've been if you played seventy games and you hadn't lost three in a row. But um, Swayman's been a little bit of a slump, but they kind of bounced back the other night on Saturday with a two one win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jeremy Swayman had twenty three saves in this game, and um, Boston actually. Uh, Clinch is a playoff berth, which, of course, uh, Bruce Cassidy was quoted as saying, everyone takes it for granted, but it's not that easy to do. No. Bruins are dealing with a ton of injuries. Passenek's been out of the lineup. Um, the kid Hampus, Hampus Lingdom, the big-time acquisition defenseman, he's still out with that knee injury. Matt Grizzlick got hurt. Um, Brandon Carlo came out of the game the other night. So they've had a bunch of guys hurt. Like I told you last week, not worried about seedings. Get healthy. They got 97 points. Let's get healthy. Let's get to the playoffs. Get everybody back, and let's make a run. I believe the NHL hockey playoffs start May 5th. Yeah, I always used to think that hockey and basketball started at the same time. Even my brother asked me today. He doesn't follow it. And he said to me, hoop started already? He goes, they always started when hockey started. But uh, I don't know if hoop starts early or just maybe hockey starts late. But uh, here we go. It's hopefully another, you know, this is like the best time of year, Michael. You get to April and you got, you know, the Bruins are almost done with their season. You got yeah. playoffs, Celtics playoffs, Red Sox, you know, early in the season. You know, before you know it, it's Patriots training camp. And then here we go. We got everything going at once. All right. Up next, Wheel of Warrior Spotlight brought to you by Dean. The dream. Yeah, I got a few scores, Michael. Um, so varsity baseball boys, um, they had a nice win, five three on April twelfth. They beat East Greenwich, and uh, just to tie East Greenwich in a little bit here, the boys are. Uh, Tennis, uh, tennis varsity. They win five two over East Greenwich on April thirteenth. So, uh, and I want to throw it in because I think you think I, I stick with the varsity. Don't mention the JV kids. Those are the future of the program. So, of course, you want to keep those kids relevant. Also, the uh, the JV team for the tennis boys. They had a five two win uh, last week over Moses Brown. Solid. So the wins are still coming in. And of course, um, one more Michael outdoor track, track and field um, boys varsity on April eleventh. They had a they. They doubled up on Middletown, 74-35, huge win. And the girls against Middleton also, 55-25. So a lot of good things happening in the spring sports for, uh, for, the, for the Wheeler School. Wheeler Warriors, Meek and Way. Uh, one more topic we need to discuss is winning time. I have yet to watch it. I have about 10 people telling me to watch it. But I think I'm going to start watching it tonight because... Glad your broadcast partner is not the only one telling you. Well, I am going to start good, watching it man. tonight because you told me that the entrance 
of Larry Legend has happened. Yeah, so I I, I told you I like I, I care about the authenticity and the reality of the basketball. They don't give you enough of the actual basketball. It's quick little quick hits. So it's like they show you like Bird 33 and I saw Archibald 7. He's running the point. They don't show you like a full game, obviously. They're just giving you little quick clips. Yeah. So I can't see how real how real it is, but these guys look like it looks just like Bird. It's unbelievable. And um yeah, you got to watch it to enjoy it. Uh, the whole Pat Riley character starting to come into effect now. Paul Westhead is the head coach. Um, Jack McKinney's still in the hospital, and uh, uh, Riley comes out of the broadcast booth to help out uh, help out Paul Westhead. And obviously, we kind of all know how that's going to go. And uh, it's 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 really an enjoyable show. We're seven episodes in. If you haven't seen Winning Time on HBO on on Sunday nights at nine o'clock, go on demand. Check out all the episodes. It's streaming. It, it's it's really enjoyable. It's uh and of course Michael. Chickless plays Red Auerbach. He goes at it with John C. Riley, who plays Jerry Buss. Was that, by the way, it wasn't you. Oh no, it wasn't you. You know that. Um. So I told you. Obviously, we know that John C. Riley is the comedic actor for the most part that played with Will Farrell and yeah. Step Brothers. Yeah. Someone told me that um, Will Farrell wanted that role, and I guess he was up for it, and C. Riley got it, and now they don't speak anymore. Well, John C. Riley played an incredible role in the movie Chicago. How was that? I didn't see that. Yeah, it was, I, it was, Isn't that a musical? It was a musical, yeah, but it was a movie. It was solid. Was it? So he does Mr. Cellophane, man, yeah. How was he? Good? He was good. Yeah, he was great. He was great. He's great as Jerry yeah. Buss. I mean, I he's remember Buss grow, I remember Buss He's an underrated up. actor. He's great, you know, and, and these guys that we think are like, you know, you think of Farrell, you think of just like nonsense and juvenile and it's stupid and it's dumb. But you know what? There's a, there's a lot of talent there and I think Riley, Riley plays this role like to a T. You know, it's a lot of like when I was growing up, for instance, like back 30 years ago, when Jim Carrey, everybody said, oh, come on, he's a fool, he's this, he's that. When he played, when he man played, on the moon. when he played a man on the moon, played Latka Gravis, you know, Andy Kaufman, he nailed it. I mean, he was just like, unbelievable so like you got Tony Clifton you, you, Tony Clifton the, the alter ego you got to see the talent you got to give a guy do when he's when he's when he's worthy of it well that's a wrap for episode 44 Hammer and Hank Aaron Mr. October Reggie Jackson and my all-time top running back Jonathan Riggins what do you got for me I like the names. I like Iceman Gervin with 44 because he can finger roll. was finger roll. And of course, Jerry West is on the logo, so you're going to give West some props. I thought it would be better in the local area with Celtics, Bruins, all that stuff. Pistol Pete Maravich, great. Played, you know, his end of his career with the Celtics on a bad knee. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, a lot of 40, a lot of 44s. Yeah, they did did a lot of great things. They did the whole 44 thing in in, in like uh, an all-star game, a home run derby a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone wore the same number. Yeah, Yeah, good, good, Mm -hmm. good play there. Nice job. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, apologies about uh, Bernie Williams, 51. I don't know where the 44 came from. I'm not a big Yankee fan, so. We made the adjustment. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm here for. That's right. I got to bring something to the table Dean for the Dream. chumps. The savant of sports. Well, it's good to be back live again after a Zoom episode yes, last week. we're Glad back. Glad that you're, you're feeling better, doing better. Yes. I'm still a little under the weather, but I'm okay. But like I said last week, you're like AKA Mikey Nails, AKA the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig. You go out there, you play no matter what. I try. Get the job done. I try. I wish people could have saw the Zoom episode last week when you were flexing. Oh, I don't know what that was about. That was a little bit disturbing, but. Little Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's hardcore. Late, late, late innings here on the 24 jumps. 24-inch pythons. <laughs> All right, Nails tooting his own horn on the pipes. <laughs> we're at the end of the line here, episode 44. Uh, my name is Mikey Nails. I'm Dean the Dream, and you've been listening to the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll see you next week.
Anyway, I've got no place to go And you know it